0: Hey, welcome to decaf uh, we're back it's 2021 mark are you drinking coffee in the afternoon because I just made a latte.
1: I guess it is the afternoon yeah it's one o'clock I shouldn't be I've already had like two energy drinks this morning, but I, I know I need some energy today, but yes, I am.
0: Oh my gosh. I um, So I broke my foot. on oh, New Year's Mark knows this. So I'm telling this to the viewers who are unfortunate enough to be listening to this. Um, I broke my foot um, during the break and apparently alcohol slows down bone growth, which some may argue that it slows down everything, but it slows down bone growth. And so I've been drinking celery juice every morning because apparently it's really good for you and it's really good. It's got a lot of calcium. So I have not been drinking coffee till afternoon. So this oh. is my first caffeine today.
1: Does alcohol slow down? Is it alcohol or caffeine?
0: No, alcohol slows down bone growth, so I haven't yeah. been drinking alcohol, and I've been drinking a ton of celery juice.
1: If you didn't, if you didn't drink alcohol your whole life, you might be taller. Who knows?
0: Who knows? I mean, <laughs> my yeah. genetics aren't don't really work in my favor, but no. I am like four eleven. So you would probably be like six
1: four if you didn't drink. So that's on you. <laughs> you Gosh, bit.
0: I could have had a WNBA career if I could just <laughs> give up the marks. <laughs>
1: Making five grand a year, that'd be incredible. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my God. You're my nightmare. Um, we'll talk about sports a little a little bit later, not including my WNBA, my my career that I missed in the WNBA. But right now, let's talk about something else that is contentious. Um, yeah. So we're filming this on a Thursday. Yesterday, Wednesday, January sixth was. Um, I mean, it was a day like I was emotionally. I wasn't even there, and I was emotionally exhausted by the end of the day. Like I was in my bed by seven p.m. Like emotionally exhausted um, just from watching everything that happened. I think there's a lot of different takes that we can have on it and Mark and I, we talked about it briefly, we tend to agree, but one take that I think that we can all agree on is no matter what your political view is, there is no reason to lose your temper. Like there's just not like I'm sorry, there's no reason to pitch a fit. Mark, do you do you have anything to add?
1: It's not even losing your temper though. It's like people can lose their temper at homes. Like when you break into buildings, you commit federal yeah. crimes, you go into people's offices. Um, I mean, a woman got shot. I mean, you're you're breaking in, you're breaking entering. I mean, that's what you're doing. And and you can call it treason, sedition, whatever you want to call it. I, I don't know the specifics of what you call it, but it's not acceptable. it's not just losing your temper. I think that even though I even disagree with what they were protesting. I don't even really quite understand what they were protesting. I guess that Trump won. I'm not sure, but you're allowed to do whatever you want. As long as you are you stand outside and hold up signs, you, you can protest. I mean, I want to protest Chick-fil-A not being open on Sundays. It, like, it, doesn't ma- it doesn't matter what you're protesting. You have the right to do it, but when you break into somewhere, it's just not acceptable. And yeah. the way that um, a lot of these people who seem to be very pro-police, um, th- these are the same people who said, oh, respect our officers. And like, we're not respecting them at all yesterday. And I of course, it's not all of them. I'm not going to go into that. There is, I'm sure there was people totally. be protesting. Um, whether or not I agree with that is different. But it's just, it, it's not losing your temper. It's breaking the law. And it's just unacceptable. And we can talk about, oh, the left and all this other stuff. It doesn't matter. It's unacceptable. And that's where we need to start off. With, like, there's no excuse for what happened yesterday. And you can't make one.
0: Well, just like there was no excuse for what happened in D.C. when people were burning things on the streets or what happened in Portland or whatever. Chris Cuomo on CNN months ago, he said whoever said protests were supposed to be peaceful. And then we flash forward to yesterday and they're saying that these protests were out of control. Well, what I say to that is. Like, I understand why groups of people get angry. I understand getting angry and not knowing how to express yourself and feeling like you have to resort to violence. You don't have to. That's a choice that you're making. You don't have to. But I understand anger. And I totally understand all that. It's just making a bad choice about the outlet of that anger. And whether it's burning down a business in the street or breaking into the Capitol, both are unacceptable means of expressing anger I love a protest I love a march I love a demonstration I think that that's a constitutional right that we we should definitely take advantage of but nowhere in the constitution does it say run over people and break windows and set buildings on fire
1: <laughs> I, I felt like cons- I mean and, and of course I'm looking at my social media and it's kind of but like conservatives who were the, the most loud and saying that, oh, these people burning down businesses, doing these things are, are wrong, they're awful, It's this is illegal, it's a ride. And of course, I agree with that. We're the ones who were like, maybe not defending what happened yesterday, but like they were saying, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. And if it wasn't for Trump getting the election stolen, it never would've happened. It's like, they were making excuses for this. And it just wasn't, if you're gonna criticize somebody on the other side, you need to hold yourself to, to the same standard. And you can't say, oh, like, riding's is only okay when something I agree with happens. That's not okay. It's like, either it's bad, and it was awful when um, these people riding and burnt down business and all these horrible things uh, in, in the spring, and it's, it's bad when you go into a federal building, break in, and steal, steal federal property, go into offices. It's, it was just a really sad day, and I think that at some point, we just need to get past the politics of it and just say, this is wrong no matter what, Let's, let's mm-hmm. move on hopefully that's the last we're going to hear of this and we're gonna be able to move on as a country and hopefully find some kind of healing because I mean there's, I mean there's it seems like there's almost a civil war going on right now between mm-hmm. different political like factions.
0: Well, let's zoom out for a second also, and this is what really bugged me today, is I get on Twitter, and you see celebrities in one breath on Twitter saying that Trump ruined their lives, and in the next breath, they're giving Vogue a tour of their home on YouTube, and meanwhile, I'm on the phone talking to people in my outreach capacity, people who are on ten- on Tennessee's public assistance systems, and they're trying to support their families with just one job because they lost their job because of COVID, and they're trying to support their family on their husband's job, and one woman that I spoke to today literally said, unprovoked, she said, I do not care what happened yesterday. I am trying to support my family, and I need help from this, and help from this, and help from this, and let's all move on, and let's have each other's backs, and let's just forget about it, and I think that that's what bothers me the most is is the the people who ha- the, the have, the haves saying that Trump ruined my life and the have not, so to speak, saying, but but he didn't, please help me. I just, I still, what no matter what's going on, I still need help. And I just think that there's so much more that we can focus on outside of politics of just having each other's back and helping our fellow man when we're just focused on politics constantly.
1: And outside of everything that was happening yesterday, which was disgusting, watching CNN cover what happened yesterday was something else. It's like, these people, oh, made a mostly peaceful protest for what happened in the spring, are like, "Oh, this is a an all-out like treason." And it's like ever it's not peaceful; it's all violence. Like they had, and it's it's interesting when they said "Like, where's the police?" Like, well, you you talked for for a year about defunding them, like that's that's where they are. It, it was, just, it, it's you just see, and of course, yesterday was unacceptable no matter what. Like, you can't make excuses for it, but it is interesting to see the way that people on both sides view it differently when it's something they agree with. And I mean, CNN was a. Um, a real watching that yesterday it's like i wish you would have covered the other stuff like this because this is the same idea um mm-hmm. but the inconsistency on both sides is, is stunning and we really just need we need healing and that's what it comes down to hopefully this does not happen again because this is a weird crazy time to live in
0: yeah lose your timber at home where someone else doesn't have to pay for it don't lose it on someone else's
1: property yeah, or lose it by not, yeah ju- just be mad you don't have to break property like you don't have to <laughs>
0: yeah keep it keep it in your own home um i mark and i totally agree on that um our thoughts and prayers are with the woman that lost her life yesterday it's just such a sad series of events and um hope that this never happens again i yeah,
1: think i mean more I mean, there's police officers that went to the hospital and, i mean like they were i mean everybody who was injured especially the police yesterday i mean you, you got to feel for it and hopefully everyone's okay
0: I know. I think it's a year that we need to zoom out and say, what are the consequences of everything that's happened? Humanity. And is this really the way that we want to move forward? Cause yeah. I don't think so. I definitely don't think so. Um, so let's talk about kind of, I wouldn't say the, the boring part of yesterday, but it almost was the boring part of yesterday, which was the Georgia Senate race. I mean, we thought that that was going to be like the big thing and it ended up being the most boring thing that happened yesterday. Yeah. How's that possible?
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, that that was a big thing. I mean, I I'll be the first to admit, I I pretty much nailed the presidential election and all the Senate races, and I was wrong on this one, Georgia. I really did think that um, both Republicans were going to take it. I thought people would want a divided government, especially in Georgia. But I mean, it was a uh, it was very close. A lot of what happened was that the the counties that went for Trump big last time during the election, they just didn't come out this time. They came out five six percent uh five six percent difference and a lot of them did not come out and whether no matter what you think about the presidential election and what happened if you keep saying something's rigged why would people come out to vote if they think that it's already a rigged system and, they tr- and i do think people truly believe that they think that the entire thing was like i don't think it's so if you do believe that why would you come out and vote and i think that you see the difference in those elections um and that was probably the difference between Purdue, at least Purdue winning and losing. Yes. Not to necessarily blame Trump for that, but if you do think that it was rigged, it's hard to come out and vote. And I think that was a major problem. And I think that both the Republican candidate did not do a great job. I mean, David yep. would not debate. He didn't debate John yep. Ossoff, and I think that's a, that was a mistake. And uh, Kelly Loeffler just like watching. I watched her debate with um, with Reverend Warnock and she sounds so robotic, doesn't, it's, it's, yeah, it's like her voice robotic, and she just doesn't have any, it's like all talking points, and it's like, say what you want about uh, Reverend Warnock and his policies, which I'm I'm sure I don't agree with, but he came off as way more likable person. Likeable. Likeable, personable, like he had, and I just think that, Ossoff was a bad candidate. I I was surprised he won. He's a 30-year-old kind of definition of white male privilege who's never worked a day in his life and had millionaire parents, but, he, he won the election because I think of missteps Purdue took and I think that obviously Trump didn't help and I think that talking about it being a rigged election is not going to make people feel a reason to vote if you think it's not going to matter anyway.
0: Well, I think that Mark and I both know this because we've worked in politics before. I've done like the campaign thing. We, we know what we're talking about when we say you have to inspire voters to mobilize. Like that's the only way that you win an election. You can be the smartest person. You can have the best policy ideas and none of that matters. It's like, Mark, did you ever, when we were in New York, did you see Wicked on Broadway ever? Yes. Where yes. she talks about, you can be a great communicator. You can be very talented, but it means nothing if you're not popular. And I hate that. I, I hate that, but it's the truth. You have to be the type of person that inspires people to come out and mobilize and vote for you. And unfortunately, Loeffler and Purdue didn't do that. And, and I don't know. I think that they'll look back on their campaign and say, where did we go wrong? And I think ultimately it's going to be that they were not likable. They didn't inspire people to vote.
1: No, they, I mean, you can say what you want about them, but they were not good candidates. Neither of them were, were people who I consider good candidates. And that's like, there's, I know it's not necessarily true, but there's the insider trading stuff. There's all this other stuff that went along with their campaign. Mm-hmm. It was a tough campaign. I don't think they did a good enough job. Um, I don't think they did a good enough job differentiating themselves and saying, hey, like, this is me. I'm, I'm a likable person. Listen to some of the things that I've gone through in my life. I mean, Kelly Leffer has an incredible story and, and she didn't really talk about it. She kept saying Trump, 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 Trump. And like, that's it. And that's not it. I mean, I don't think that's what to run on. Like, you have, no. ideas. Um, the one thing I would say, I think Republicans are very worried about what happened because they say, well, look, the Democrats have control over everything. And I don't want to I don't want to undervalue what happens. It was a bad day. And I mean, I, as somebody who also thinks that a divided government would have been much better for sure. Um, it's not going to be as bad as people think. You have people like Joe Manchin in the Senate. So all of the worst leftist ideas that you're worried about, if you're worried about Medicare, Medicare for all and the Green New Deal, those aren't going through. Joe Manchin is basically a Republican. He's basically, and then you have some of these other people who won elections like Mark Kelly in Arizona. They have run as moderates. They have run against these things: the Green New Deal, Medicare for All, a fifteen-hour minimum wage. So there might be things that we don't like. I mean, there might be tax increases, which of course we have we don't like. But it, all of the really extreme things they're proposing. They don't, they don't have the numbers, and the House um, majority is much smaller than it was last time. So if you have seven or eight moderate Democrats who say, I'm not going to go along with that, out of like three, out of whatever, 100 and whatever there is, um, nothing's going to pass. So I think that the farthest left things that we have to worry about are not going to go through. So it's still not great to have one party control, but they have no edge. I mean, it's, it's 50-50, and they have uh, Kamala as the split, but it's like Joe Manchin has to go along with it. You know market yeah. and, and and even the people who won the democratic place they have run on these moderate agendas comparatively not necessarily moderate so it's it's not good we need to be worried about it but it's not going to be as devastating as if they had 52 or 53 seats as people were, were projecting
0: I very rarely like listening to Mark talk, but when he talks about stuff like this, I love it because you're so knowledgeable about these things. So I actually the love listening to you. I'm knowledgeable
1: about, but I yeah. I, I But I, I, it, it is important to think about people's um, kind of what they believe in policy-wise and not just their party. Because Joe Manchin is not the same as Barbara Boxer. You know, it's like, there's there's a huge difference. Uh, Mark Kelly's yes. not AOC. So like, they're not all together. And there is going to be stuff that passes that we don't like, but it's not going to be as extreme as it could have been. I think that- we should at least be thankful for that. And there's another election in two years.
0: Yeah, there is. And there's also bah, 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 state politics. Let's talk about that for a second. You know, when when there are things that we don't agree with going on at the federal level, or when there's the, the parties or things are split between each parties, one party has the White House, one party has Congress, whatever, and there's gridlock, um, that makes state politics more important than ever. And so um, I'm really actually excited because Beacon Impact released its agenda yesterday beacon impact if you're not aware is the beacon center our sister organization that advocates on behalf of certain policies that the beacon center does research on and there are several things that the beacon center has been doing that beacon impact is going to work on including um we've been working on right to work for a long time a constitutional amendment for that um certain health care reforms like like certificate of need. We've been working on that for a very long time. And we talked about certificate of need before, making sure that we can open up the healthcare market. Occupational licensing, there've been so many things that we've worked on that I think now is as important a time as ever to be working on, on the state level and highlighting why state politics are so important because they are so much more local.
1: And I actually think that the the most exciting thing when I saw, I mean, obviously the Beacon impacts on the agenda, but something that Beacon has been working on, that Beacon impacts gonna take up in the legislature um, is this fast-tracking innovation. I, I get really excited about that. It's kind of just this way that we want Tennessee to be the kind of the innovation capital of the U.S. We want people like Elon Musk to want to come here, but not just Elon Musk. We it's it, we want small business centers to be able to open up the business in the garage without overreaching government. And, and this idea that government should have to prove why regulations are needed. If it's not health or safety related, why are we doing this? All we're doing is hurting entrepreneurs. We're hurting small business centers. We're hurting... People like, people like Elon Musk just moved to Texas. Why Why couldn't he move to Tennessee? I mean, it's the same idea and a, a little bit better laws for, for innovators and entrepreneurs. And I think that Beacon Beacon Impact, working that legislatively, and the Beacon Center talking about that and saying, hey, we need to get rid of some of these, um, these over-regulations and these things that have nothing to do with health and safety so that we can help small business owners. We want them to come here. We want them to feel that the guy who makes whatever, who makes... $5,000 a year and he wants to start his own business garage. And the guy who's a billionaire wants to come here and do it. We want jobs. And these, these kind of rules are going to help us create them. So I'm very, very excited about that. And that's kind of a hat to, to Justin for kind of looking ahead a year ago and saying, hey, this innovation thing's a really big deal. We should be trying to make Tennessee the most business friendly in the correct way, not giving incentives of, of any state.
0: You know, this morning I woke up and I was really thinking I grew up on really close to the Alabama, Georgia line, really close to Atlanta. Atlanta was the biggest city I grew up near. And we went over there all the time to go shopping, to do anything, because in small town Alabama, there weren't many shopping options. And I was just thinking this morning about the culture of Atlanta versus Nashville. And Atlanta is such a bigger city than Nashville is still so many more businesses. The airport's huge. Driving around there is really driving around a big city. But one thing that Nashville has that Atlanta doesn't really have is like a persona of this is where people go to succeed. And traditionally, that's because it's a it's music, you know, people go to Nashville and try to succeed in music. But we, we want Nashville and the whole state of Tennessee to be somewhere that people go to succeed in everything. You know, people leave Georgia, p- people leaving Atlanta to come to Nashville, Nashville grows, going to Memphis, going to Knoxville, going to Chattanooga, going wherever to grow these cities and to be larger cities all over Tennessee to ultimately help our economy I I would love for for Nashville or Memphis or Knoxville whichever one decides to be the next Atlanta to grow and be huge and successful and for people to come here to succeed in something other than business that that really hit me straight in the feels this morning when I started thinking about that because I was reading Georgia election coverage and thinking like you know Tennessee could be the next Georgia as far as having a massive city where people, very successful people come and, and bring their money. Yeah
1: and I mean it, people go to Georgia to sit in traffic or Atlanta sit in traffic to come to Nashville to succeed but like you said I mean it's not just it's not just Nashville it's I mean some of the coolest things are happening in Chattanooga. You see Knoxville is growing leaps and bounds like a cool city to live in now and it's like they, they kind of righted their government a little bit and they're, they're spending less money like there is it's not just Nashville. In fact, Nashville might be the last choice because of the taxes and <laughs> what they doing, but Nashville's a cool city, but there's these other places that really have the opportunity, and I think Knoxville and Chattanooga specifically have cool places that people want to come. There's, there's a, a huge, famous university in Knoxville. Chattanooga's this cool outdoor city that's on that's big, cool. four state lines. Like, there's a lot of great things going on, and I think just some changes in the law and allowing businesses to try to, um, experiment and try new things without having to worry about government overreach is it, a big deal so i'm excited i think tennessee i think when we look back in five years tennessee should be the place everyone wants to go it should be the innovation capital if, if we are it's going to be because of the work that beacon center and beacon impact does
0: yeah amen i totally agree with that um i'll leave mark with that mic drop because I thought it was awesome because i'm about to roast him really good um on our last topic because can i hey mark can i get a roll tide just
1: give no,
0: me I, one. we never agreed I would say that that is not
1: after it happens
0: <laughs> I thought I would give it a try nope. um I am the most nervous person in the entire world and the thought of my team playing Mark's team and the the crap that Mark already gives me just for being myself no. I was so nervous <laughs> that Alabama was going to lose to Notre Dame but we pulled it out but Mark did your bets were successful.
1: And and we talked about this on the on the show two weeks. So I said I think Alabama wins by about 11. It's not gonna be a blowout. But I mean it's 17. And yeah, I mean they they covered the 20 points. It was it was not a blowout. It wasn't particularly close either. But I mean Notre Dame really shut down Alabama in the second half, but they just couldn't score. And Alabama's defense was good. And Notre Dame is not built from playing from behind. They have a great offensive line, good running backs, but when you're down by you know 17 points, it's hard to run the ball. So I thought Alabama played very well defensively. Um, they had some big plays and it was, it was a good win for them it was kind of more or less what I expected and Alabama is a good I mean and Devonta and we have, we have a Heisman winner too Unfortunately,
0: I, know, my little- I bet on I, I bet on
1: Mac Jones to win it but he did not.
0: Well, my little honey and Devontae won it. I love him so much. He literally, there's a photo of him holding the trophy, and he still has a little baby face, and he looks like a happy 12-year-old boy on the playground. And it's just <laughs> so, it's very sweet, very endearing. I'm so excited for him. He's a great sport,
1: too. You want to cheer for the kid.
0: You really do want to cheer for him. I, I loved, it. last year, we were all afraid he was going to declare for the draft, the NFL draft, and he wrote a letter and sent it out to the whole Alabama, you know social media networks that said his work wasn't done, and now he came back and won the Heisman. So, so you love to root for root for a kid like that. And his mom, with her little shaky voice, as he was accepting the award, it was really endearing and a really sweet moment to watch. Um, one thing that I'm glad of is that no one from Ohio State won the Heisman. And you know, you would think I'm about to trash Ohio State. If anyone's an Ohio State fan is listening, just buckle up.
1: I, you I would. Is, isn't
0: she? Oh gosh, sorry, Steph. I
1: think so. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs>
0: Sorry, Steph. Um, You would think, you know, when you just change the rules for a team that somehow they would have finagled one of their players into the Heisman finalists. I mean, you (laughs) change the conference rules so Ohio State can play in the championship. You talk about changing the date of the natty so that they can play. You know, you would think that Kirk Herbstreet somehow could have finagled one of their players into the Heisman finalists, but they didn't. I'm telling you, you know, I, I hate Auburn with this, like, passion inside of me that is unrivaled. But Ohio State is slowly creeping up to Auburn level of hatred just because I think they are so full of themselves. Mark, stop me before I get crazy.
1: I mean, I, I was talking to my dad, That's like, I hate that they say the Ohio State. It's like, what I mean, you can't just say the before, and I know. It's, and, I mean, it's true that the Big Ten was awful with COVID. I mean, they, they were awful. They didn't want to start their season, then basically they got pressured, and they didn't. It's like, so it's not Ohio State's fault the Big Ten is so incompetent. But they did have to change the rules for them because they said, you know what, we want a team national championship. And, and, and if we don't, it, hypothetically, they didn't even qualify for the Big Ten championship game. And without that, whenever Northwestern, I'm not sure they get in. Mm-hmm. they do, maybe they don't. Um, but with that being said, they were unbelievably impressive last weekend. I, I thought the Clemson team was extra special. And Justin Fields looked like the best quarterback on the field. And he basically looked like he had broken ribs, and he played through this major injury. They were very impressive. Um I saw the spread is Alabama's minus eight. So they're in 8 point favorite. I actually, I think I'm going to go Ohio state for national championship. I do that. I, I believe in them. I think it will be like a hundred points score between both teams. That both offenses are so good and both yeah. defenses need some work. Um, I can see going either way. I don't feel confident in it. I, I like Ohio state because I'm getting more, you get more money if you bet on them. That's the only, I feel like it's basically a coin flip though. I mean, it's, these are two good teams Um, Alabama was not as impressive as I thought they were going to be in the second half. Ohio state was really something now maybe Clemson's not that good. And that's part of it. Maybe they were just overrated, but I I don't know. I think it'll be a a fun game and it's good to see. I know you hate Ohio state, but it's good to see. It's not the same two teams. At least it's not Alabama Clemson. Again, you have a different team has not been in the finals for a while.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, I have PTSD from the new year's day when Alabama played Ohio state in the sugar bowl. I think it was in 2015 and I went to that game and we lost to them and it was brutal it was so bad that I just don't want to watch us play them again but um I you know it's fun to cheer for someone you really really hate like it's fun to cheer you know have your team going at someone you really hate like Clemson I don't really hate them like I like Dabo he's an Alabama guy mm-hmm. I was never like I was cheered for Alabama but I never cheered against Clemson it's fun to have like kind of like an anger of like I not only do I love Alabama but I hate Ohio State so this is going to be a fun one um Mark, yeah, I don't the know. Best
1: if we... real quick, the best thing about the ball, which you'll hate, but the best thing about the ball we get from is uh, Oklahoma played Florida. Um, and when they were up by like 45 points in the fourth quarter, the Oklahoma fans were chanting SEC as as they were kicking extra point, like really just blasting. Them. And and I I loved every second. I mean, that was hilarious. As they're as Florida saying they deserve to be in the playoff and they they are down by like 50 points to to Oklahoma.
0: I will say I hate when you trash the SEC, but I also hate Cal Trask, so I'm like somewhat okay with this. But the,
1: that, that's the problem is like you need to just you need to get off the SEC thing and just be like Alabama's super good and the rest of the teams are not that good. Like that, that's all there is to it. I mean, I think you have to go with that. I mean, like because Alabama is great, but they also Alabama has run through every team in the SEC. They're winning by like like 40 points. In Florida, they were kind of close, but not even that close. It was 14 points like a minute ago. So let it, Alabama is clear the class of the league, and they might be the best team in the nation. It doesn't make the SEC good. And I love Florida down by 50, and Oklahoma fans really rubbing it in by chanting SEC. Fine.
0: I'll think about it, okay? <laughs> yeah. okay that's the best you're going to get out of me. Um, Mark, any final thoughts before we uh, sign off for this one? Just one
1: more thing. I mean, our, our hometown Titans are in the playoffs, and they, they play the Ravens uh, at home yeah. A half point underdog, but I do think that the Titans, um, I think they win the game here. And I think that they move on to the next round. They play really good. And then it could be a really tough matchup if they play the Chiefs. The Chiefs do not like to play the Titans in their defense. So we'll see what happens. But I think the Titans win, win the first round despite being the underdog. Tighten up. That's right. Derek Henry, you've to run for 200 yards. There's my. There's Roll my- tied. Yep.
0: Roll tied to my boy, King Henry. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time.